0: Might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Freedom! Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island Redneck Brian Bro, and Fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck.
1: Welcome to FOD Overdrive. Mean Chet Martin here. And with me, as always, Fearless, C.V. Burton, C.V., how have you been? Good day, sir. And it
2: is a good day for being MAGA, in spite of the challenges we face.
1: There's enough to talk about this week. I'm sure everybody has a lot of questions, and we will try to bring you the answers. But at least we can tell you one big answer is the future. What is the future of Liz Cheney? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, It's not In politics, that's for sure. I think Liz uh, suffered pretty bad, egg on the face, a trouncing in the loss that she suffered. But I thought that this was interesting to read. Coming from Breitbart, former ABC News President James Goldson, an advisor to the January 6th Select Committee, was present for Liz Cheney's concession. And that was reported, actually reported by CNN she was the committee's vice chair, Cheney was. She worked closely closely with Goldson's team. CNN reported she spent countless hours with the team editing footage for the show trial, which is often aired during primetime slots. Well, the, you know, it's interesting that CNN is reporting this, because I think that's exactly where Liz Cheney's going to end up. She's going to be a voice heard as a, maybe a, uh, every now and then on some show that nobody watches. Every once in a while, she'll drop in as the conservative voice in the room, just like the other non-conservatives they claim to have on CNN every once in a while, and she'll just be another one of those, and she'll be more annoying to your ears than anything else. I think it was sad, after her trouncing... For her to get on air and compare herself to Abraham Lincoln, that was embarrassing. Uh, the move away from the uh, extreme left side of the Republican Party, which would be characterized as Liz Cheney, Mr. Kasich, and some of the other fools, some people would call them centrists, I would just say that they're liberals that don't belong on this side of the aisle, and I'm no Republican, C.V., but what did you make about her concession speech? Um, certainly, this was a dig into a woman that has tried to dirty the name of Donald Trump because of the uh, maybe the rivalry that Donald Trump has with her father, who is a war criminal. But um, what did you make of all this? It was a big win, I think, for the Trump movement.
2: Yes, this was a big win for the MAGA movement. It was the final smackdown of the Bush-Cheney dynasty, which had several smackdowns before this, not the least of which was the utter annihilation of low-energy Jeb Bush, which no one in the Bush circle can ever forgive, particularly when Donald said in a debate with Jeb that 9-11 happened on his brother's watch. I was pretty impressed with that when Trump said that because you know how brash I could be. But even I was shocked that he had the balls to say that. I remember just laughing. That was on a par with the time when he was debating Hillary and she said while her right eye was wildly swinging around in her head independently that it's a good thing Trump isn't in charge of the law in our country. And he said, yeah, because you'd be in jail. But I digress. Liz's aspirations always hinged upon the legacy of the Bush Jr. administration. If you recall, George W. Bush rarely, if ever, hit back. And the Democrats and the press had a field day taking unlimited shots at him with impunity. And his only response was that history was going to be kind to him, which so far it has not. Especially with the ascendancy of Donald Trump. And the MAGA movement. Which as much as the deep left try to stop it. It's not going away. Okay. (laughs) And Liz and her father Dick Cheney. Were hoping for a better legacy. Than the one they got. And this last nail in her political coffin. Was a major loss for her. In Wyoming. Lost by nearly 40 points. That's with the cheating. And despite the fact. That Democrats in that state can also vote. In Republican primaries. And that's saying something. But she shouldn't be too surprised. Nine months ago, the Wyoming Republican Party denounced her and stopped recognizing her as a Republican. And six months before that, pro Trump members of the House removed her from her leadership position. The only friends she had on the Hill were Democrats, like Nasty Pollution, who put her at the top leadership position. Of the January 6th Unselect Committee. And she was always a hypocrite and a hater because even though she voted once to impeach Trump, she supported most of his policies. And when she gave her concession speech, she couldn't help slamming Trump, but not for the impeachable offense that she imagined or for uh, inspiring a riot at the Capitol or anything like that. No. It was for being a cult of personality. She wants to save, quote unquote, the Republican Party from his influence. So right there, her mask slipped off and she revealed her deep-seated, visceral hatred for the man on a personal level. Like I said, it had nothing to do with January 6th or Trump's perfect call to the president of Ukraine.
1: Well, you know, I I think that her loss in Wyoming was a rubber stamp on a move away and a move closer to uh, Trump's Republican Party, which I don't think, I think it's unfair to say that it ever moved away from Trump's Republican Party anyway, because like I said, I don't think he lost, and I know that they're going to come and... Uh, maybe the IRS is going to come after me, but maybe they'll, uh, lock me up, put me in shackles for saying that Donald Trump should be the president of the United States right now. But I think it's interesting, uh, to see that she really got, I mean, when I'm saying she got destroyed, she did, uh, 69% of the vote, uh, went to the, uh, the, the fellow that was running against her. And I think it's just a, a way to show uh, that her messaging chaining, is not the messaging that we want and it's time to start kicking all these people to the curb and I think that that's been being shown more and more at CV and showing us that there is a big wake-up call coming and um, I hope that we continue to see more wins like this in the future I think out of
2: 70 to 100, 100- endorsements Trump made I think maybe only two or three didn't win and we're going to clean up in November you can see that the DOJ is trying to ramp up the hostilities between MAGA and the feds they're trying to incite us to riot or something so they can point at us and say that we're a violent mob and thereby hurt our chances in November, just like they did in 2018, if you recall. There was the uh, the um, Antifa and BLM riots, and they were an angry mob. And then um, ahead of the 2020 thing, the FBI fabricated a false flag plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer, which... <laughs> I mean, it just shows you how, not incompetent, how evil the FBI and DOJ really are. And they're trying to incite riots right now ahead of the November elections because they know they're going to lose so miserably. And in 2023, it's going to be like the first time there's no Bush, Cheney, McCain, or Clinton in any office in the country. And that's a you could you could breathe a big sigh of relief for that. I, I see I see many more winnings coming down the pike, and no matter what they do, no matter what they throw at us, it's all backfiring in their face, just like the Bible says: "He who rolls a stone, the stone will fall back on him. He who digs a pit shall fall into the pit that he dug."
1: All right, I did want to talk about a statement made by Janine Pirro on Fox. We've had her on Freedom on Deck before on the FM station, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk, where we're heard in Connecticut, Long Island, and Rhode Island. And aside from that, it's been a while since we've had Janine on the show, but she told her co-host Tuesday on Fox News Channel, The Five, that Attorney General Merrick Garland has egg on his face after the FBI raided... Former President Donald J. Trump's Florida estate, Mrs. Spiro said, let's remember who is conducting this hearing on Thursday, the same judge who signed the warrant. Okay, so you've got this judge who signed a warrant that apparently was messed up from the get-go. She said, I'll tell you why, if it were a search warrant and they made a decision to go beyond the court order, there had to be some circumstances, had to be some emergency, then we find out that Garland waited weeks before he actually made the final decision on that. Then we find out that even before then, in June, the president was cooperating with the National Archives people, who sent him a thank you note for cooperating. And uh, she continued with this hearing, the judge has to decide, look, we've got to go, the American public's interest is in this, but the Department of Justice is saying, no, we don't want you to release the affidavit. This basis is for the warrant because we think it will compromise whatever investigation we're doing. Then it will cause harm and it doesn't serve the public interest. She added, the former president is saying, release it. I care what it says. I'm not worried about it, what it says. So this judge is in a box. The judge has to say, wait a minute, we've got the defendant himself, the wannabe defendant saying, let it all out. The judge then has to decide... Uh, about the wholesale fishing expedition. Now we all know that's exactly what happened here, and I think that Janine Piero is absolutely correct with all the tie-ins created by this judge, who's uh, uh, is absolutely corrupt, an absolute never Trump hater, just somebody that that should should have never been put into this type of position in order to. Uh, serve this all up and open it all up for the American people to see it. And Donald Trump is right. He's not worried about it. We're not worried about it because we know there's nothing there, so open it up. I know you guys love thumbing through Melania's underwear. Uh, Anyway, it showed absolute uh, coercion between these supposed FBI agents and the way that they tried to pry away the video footage evidence that Donald Trump was watching as it was occurring when these people were acting badly in an investigation, an investigation that should have never been pushed through, but it did. And the bottom line is this, they're going to keep pretending that there's something here as long as they can. And they'll make excuses and they'll put other flyers up, They'll say that the FBI is in danger. They've been getting, as as I know a lot of you have heard, firebomb threats. I don't believe any of that. I mean, it, for somebody show me another time where a Trump supporter has ever threatened somebody with a bomb, a dirty bomb, a firebomb, anything like that. I, it just doesn't exist. I mean, I can find Antifa. I can find... Uh, some some bad groups on the extreme right, if you want to talk about uh, neo-Nazis, then we can go that route. Those those folks don't support Trump. I know the, the left tries to make you think that, that that those folks do support Trump. They don't. They don't. They hate Israel. They hate the government. So don't get tied up in that either. So release everything. Open it all up. Let us see what you were so worried about. And I think Bill O'Reilly was right. I heard Bill O'Reilly on with Sean Hannity, and I think I talked about this last week on the show. Uh, And he said he thinks that they thought maybe there would be something that they could find tying Donald Trump to some kind of inaction or action inside January 6th. And they were going for broke. And uh, that may be why. They put this through, and, and that may be why they don't want to open up this affidavit and let the American people see it. Uh, they, they thought maybe there was something they could find. It was a fishing expedition, and they absolutely lost. So this was a Hail Mary, in my opinion. And right now they're saying to themselves, Mr. Biden, stay on vacation with your pedophile son. That was an image I'll never forget. After all this happens the day after, that's what we get. So, you know, talk with your your pedophile son. Stay over there. uh, Have your little vacation. Pretend you didn't know anything. The AG lied, said that he didn't push it through. Came out a day later. He had to admit that he did. And uh, they have egg on their face and CV. The big part about all this is this could lead to a huge Trump win. I think that it really does. Uh, it gives him m- more of a chance of bringing people over to this side of the aisle. And I think the numbers have actually shown that there's more support for him now. Prior to when this uh, this terrible raid took place, but this could be a, a shoot themselves in the foot kind of moment for the left, which they on seem Maria to love Bartiromo's
2: to do. show the other day. She had on Kash Patel, the former Defense Department Chief of Staff, and former Congressman Devin Nunes, former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Both those men broke the Spygate story back in 2018. And they said that the exact same FBI agents responsible for the phony collusion frame job and the illegal spying of Trump, and by the way, they are still spying on Trump to this day, They are the same exact agents behind this raid and the current frame job with which they think they're about to trap President Trump. Once again, it's an investigation looking for a crime. That is the exact opposite philosophy of what this country was built upon. Also, everyone at the helm of the DOJ today were formerly in the Obama administration. This is the Obama administration. He never left office peacefully, as I always remind people. And even the judge in Florida who signed off on the warrant was appointed by Obama, and he was an attorney who defended Jeffrey Epstein. Makes you wonder how much of this raid is related to what Trump might know about that client's list and what he will do to release it when he gets back in office.
1: I think... What um, worries me the most with the these past few days, well, the past week, the past week and a half, um, with this, with the IRS agents that are being hired, with the uh, the the way that the news reports on Donald J. Trump and reports on us with uh, these fake. I don't believe any of it's going on anyway. These bomb threats for the FBI. I think they're gearing up to uh, to come after us. Uh, whether it's through you know the IRS or uh, through the news, or whether it's just through uh, knocking at your door. I mean, this is stuff we got to get ready for because they are showing that they have absolute intent in stifling uh, the growth of the country and a move back towards. Another MAGA movement, which I think has not died off. And I think that's maybe, maybe a little bit shocking to them. And maybe that's why all the, this... listen, if they were doing so good and he was doing so good, they wouldn't have done this. This is this is a desperation act. They are desperate. They know that the American people are no longer behind, or never were, were really behind uh, Mr. Uh, Poopy Pants up there. And his wife, who looks like she was wearing a large Depends uh, underwear lining the other day in that dress that she wore, which was absolutely hideous. I mean, you know, they attacked Melania for her wardrobe. The wardrobe that that woman picks out, it's almost a disgrace. Um, but, you know, CV, I think we'll, we'll round the show out. I got Hayward on the line. He's going to come on with me and just kind of wrap up the story that we had with this young girl, Ren, who was being put into a very bad spot by her mother having to do with the the this tiktok account and just uh, a story that we brought to light in order to tell parents out there on social media to watch out about the images they're putting out there of their children to be very careful um and aside from that i'll talk to you uh soon we'll bring hayward on right now FOD Overdrive, and we got a good friend of mine on the line right now. My man Hayward Gatch. Hayward, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm just a little bit raspy
0: because I've been cleaning up my basement, and like every house in New England, it's uh, just a little bit damp.
1: Yeah, a little so. damp. You get the uh, you, you you get that down there. I do too. My breathing is horrible as it is, so when yep. I when I breathe in the dampness, it's an issue for me as well.
0: Yep. Luckily, it's not the COVID, but my voice is just a little funky today.
1: So that's all right, For that, that's okay. That's okay. No problem with that. You know, obviously, in the world of politics, it's all been FBI, Trump, Mar-a-Lago, and, uh, and and all that. But but before this kind of broke out, me and you covered a story that you brought to my attention, which took place by a account on TikTok. And it's about a little girl named Wren that was being subjugated to some really bad commenting pictures and videos and some other things out there that were put online by her mother uh, to wrap up the story. Most of the people that listen to the show know what happened. And also the uh, fact of the matter is after we covered it, uh, it it got a lot of attention. Now, I don't know if that was because of the segment that we did earlier, I don't. Which was about a month ago now, which is surprising to me. But we also did a full podcast on it as well. Um, you did a podcast on your channel through through Spotify, which I listened to, and you did a great job in uh, kind of rounding the end up and tying it in a good little knot. There were some other accounts that had been uh, put up. I saw that you sent me a few of these copycat accounts that. Uh, were linked with some other little girls being put out there. I, I, I assume by by their parents as well. So what's been the story here? How has the Ren account turned out? What's going on on TikTok? I know somebody that I was in touch with by uh, by the name of Emily. I'm not giving any other details out, but besides that, was going to come on Mondek ended up not coming on and kind of. Uh, straight away from talking about this anymore. And I can only assume the reasons why. But um, what's been the story with the story, Hayward?
0: Yeah, so after we, um, after we first had our discussion of the story, like you said, almost a month ago at this point, it really started to catch a lot of media attention. And as much as you and I might like to think there was a causal relationship there, maybe we just got in first. But either way, This story got very big. There was Daily Dot, Rolling Stone, Fox News, uh, a a bunch of other ones I'm forgetting right now. Newsmax, Uh, a couple couple others, yeah. There you go. Lee uh, had us on Wayne Allen Root. You had uh, quite a few appearances uh, on on your show. Uh, Lee spoke about it at length during the morning show. There's been a lot of buzz generated around this. And it has sparked a very big social media trend of parents – thinking twice about what they put online for their kids. And you can look at this in so many angles of, is it smart? Is it dangerous? Is it worth the money, given the fact that your chances of becoming an influencer are basically nothing, or the fact that your child can't consent to being exposed to that level of risk because they're a literal child. So is it even ethical for you to, to, to to engage in that relationship? So this is really caught fire in in a big way and as you said you know the the news cycle is what it is you know the broadcaster's dilemma is how do i fit the goings-on of nine billion people into my you know hour and a half long radio show that's really hard um but you know this this story caught on in a really big way a lot of people are reevaluating how their kids are on the internet which is fantastic and the mother finally put on a uh, a statement in response to this controversy and i found the statement completely inadequate and dodging a lot of the primary issues that people were having with their account and more importantly the the caution uh the precautions that she was going to be uh putting on moving forward are completely toothless, that they're not going to change what is happening. But what they will do is make it harder for folks like us to have documentation of any ongoing abuses that may be happening through the account. So that's not really great. And I, I um, covered this at length on my podcast. I think it was almost 46 minutes or something. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to get into this statement point by point. You know, she spoke for three and a half minutes and there was enough to get into it there of why I'm very skeptical about her statement. And most of the internet was very skeptical about her statement, but she is still trying to press on as an influencer and the way our laws are structured, she's able to do that. But really this should be such a huge wake up call for anyone that has children or knows children or has any Interaction with the internet is a dangerous and scary place and you need to be very careful about how you navigate with it just because you are not doing anything creepy or you don't think in creepy ways doesn't mean that there could be people lurking in the distance or closer than you know that might be creepy and might be using things in weird ways. You know, one of the things that you and I talked about after we went off air was, you know, saying, you know, who doesn't need to see all of the photos of your baby is your, you know, several hundred friends list. Like, I don't see that. No. And and people have this idea of like, I got to just shotgun media about my, about my children just onto the internet. And there's, there's
1: no reason for doing that. It is crazy. That's how it is though. It's like, everybody wants you to know what they're eating, what their kids look like day by day. And you're right about that. I think yeah, it's, that's that's you know, an important part of this whole thing.
0: Exactly, and and Ren's mother, like her first sort of characterization of what she was doing, is it is it was a digital scrapbook of her daughter's life. First of all, scrapbooks don't need to be digital, and TikTok, just like any other social media site, has private functions, so you could you could use it as a digital scrapbook if you wanted. Right. But she made it public facing, and, and, and
1: the, the other F- part, and the other BS part of that Hayward is. Once you see these comments, and once you see that these are all adult males that are commenting these really nasty things, I mean, the first thing I would do is take all the pictures down. That would be the first thing. Maybe even take the account down. So that's a bunch of BS. That's not what she was doing. Yeah, it's it. her conduct in
0: relation to how this situation has evolved, I mean, she characterized it as it has become an interesting role for her as a mother. And to me, that's – interesting is not the word i i would use you know even if there's not malice here it's just so so irresponsible it's it's bad parenting in my opinion and she asks in her comments not to mom shame her because they have a different parenting style but like mom shaming like like i i have two children my my wife sometimes feels that pressure of like how you raise your kids because everyone has these like different styles and different views about certain things but you know what's not on the table for that discussion is monetizing our children for the general public. That's not a parenting style. That's economically exploiting your child who can't consent to that risk. That's not parenting styles. And you better believe I'm going to mom shame you for that, because to me, that is bad parenting.
1: And if you didn't do that and you had seen these images of that little girl, Ren, that would eat away at you. It would eat away at me. It would eat away at anybody that's a parent and loves their children. And um, I think that what you did was the right thing. I really liked the fact that once the media picked up on it, I believe it was the Newsmax article that was talking about the parents' role in all of this and that they're starting to think about what they're putting out there, these images with their children. And I really thought that that was great because that's what I wanted to do more than anything was let everybody know what was going on with this young girl in order to tell them what not to do and what to look out for. Not that everybody's out there doing these, you know, the insanity of this woman was beyond uh, reproach and, and and it's hard to describe exactly what she did, especially when it comes to uh, her child. But the reason that that we did it was to shine a light on it. And let other people know what not to do and what to look out for, I think. Exactly,
0: Chet. You know, the whole reason that we as as a human culture tell stories to our children and tell stories between each other is to share concepts and ideas and caution. Mm -hmm. You know, most children's stories are warnings of one kind or another. And that's what's happening here, you know. People who have heard me over the years on your show and on Lee's show probably understand that I'm not really a law guy So I don't really know or do laws all that. Well, but what I do know is that this is a dangerous thing So even if the laws don't exist in such a way to go after this person You don't have to be this person. This is a cautionary tale And like you said earlier, there are some folks that look like they are uh, copycat accounts for this and again You have the same challenge of knowing whether or not it's negligence versus malice. But people are falling into this seductive trap of you, too, can be an influencer and post your way to getting uh, lots of money. And that happens for almost nobody. And the, the amount of risk you expose yourself to in pursuit of that, to me, is not worth it.
1: No, it's not worth it. And it's especially not worth it if it's bringing a dangerous situation to your child's life. And I think that was the thing that that upset me most about this was the way she handled it, especially the commenting, when somebody would, as she would say, mom shame or question why she was doing what she was doing, she would take them off, I guess, get 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 them away from being able to look at her account. However, you do that, maybe she blocked those accounts. But with any of the pedophiles that were saying these disgusting things, um, she she did nothing to them, and that that right there showed me her intent.
0: Yeah, and, and in her statement, she talks about how she is going to be screening comments moving forward, and what that to, like, I before this whole thing became a controversy, I would say, okay, that's good. But what does that say now? That just means that people like me won't have evidence that people are looking at her site. And it doesn't prevent those people from looking at that right. content. It just means we don't see it happening. And that's not a real solution. Like it, It's sort of like when I, I used to live in, in Germany and there was a, an old forest that people were trying to protect because it had a lot of migratory birds in it. And so the good German liberals passed a law that says you can't log in the summer because it's full of birds. And every every summer, the birds would come back and find their forest has been logged and there'll be a mass die off. But <laughs> the, the good liberals got to say, hey, we've uh, banned logging during the time that birds are
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is that same dynamic of saying, like, we're doing some sort of pointless uh, feel good situation that doesn't really change it.
1: And I got to say, Hayward, if she wasn't monitoring all the comments, then how was she banning the folks that were questioning her parenting but still not seeing I – don't, I don't believe that at all. I think she saw well, all the comments. I think she picked and chose what she wanted to keep up, and then she, uh, like you said, tried to – it's disgusting to say it. It's hard to say it, but basically soft porn off her daughter.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I I know uh, lefties like me are always thinking about new ways to change language. But I think in some ways this is useful. So uh, child pornography is a thing that people have talked about in that terminology for a long time. But I thought it was very interesting that a lot of folks nowadays are calling it child sexual abuse material because pornography is something that you have uh, some sort of a, con- like it's a job you can do, right? Yeah. Whereas if a yes. child is involved, it is only, and let me stress this, only abusive, right? So like, yes. that to me is, it, you know, it's sort of a, a splitting hairs thing, but like that to me makes it so clear and so explicit and drives home to people who don't really think about it. Like for some people, child porn might just be like a word, but when you say child sexual abuse material, it really drives home. This is, bad. This is scary. This is difficult stuff. And and the, with the rent situation, it's sort of existed in that gray area. And that's why this situation probably has gone on for so long. It's, it's not, as far as I can tell, violating any laws. But boy, the ethics of this are, are very complicated. And when I talk about the risk, right, so it's not worth the risk in a sense we all take a risk in order to provide for our families like i'm a construction worker i work around power saws and nail guns and all sorts of stuff all day but you know who's b- being risked in that is me i am risking my own safety in order to provide for my family in this situation she is risking her child's safety
1: that's right that's right Hey, and what do you think i mean it's it's hard to say but what do you think is going to happen with ren i i I I hope that her life turns out okay, because as you said, she's probably not gonna have a normal life, a normal upbringing, I, I don't think.
0: My sincere hope, Chet, is that just at some point, her mother will decide she's made enough money, get sick of doing this, maybe get a real job. And eventually, you know, the internet is a big place. We have like 9 billion people on the planet. Eventually, she will largely fade from the public consciousness, Probably she'll change her name and maybe recover something of a real life like that. That's that's my hope for her is that she just has some way to walk away from this because we saw this with child stars, Chet. Like it's it it's not good for your brain to be in that kind of a situation. No.
1: And Red is a type of
0: child star. And so I don't want that to happen to her. So absolutely. My,
1: that's a good po- that's a good point. She is in the public spotlight when her mother's doing this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and people understand, you know, child stars as being a kind of exploitation, but we don't really see the social media stars as being exploited in the same ways because it's just it's newer for us culturally. But like it's kind of the same dynamic. It is.
1: It is. It's a good point. All right. Well, Hayward, we're going to wrap it up here. Tell everybody where they go check you out, how to get a hold of you.
0: Yeah. So the the best way to uh, check out content that I'm putting out is on the Spotify. Uh, The podcast name is Autonomia. That's A-F-T-O-N-O-M-I-A. It's it's the Greek word for autonomy. So, you know, me being sort of on the anarchist, end of things, that seemed like a, a good name. But because I don't think about things all that much sometimes, I decided to pick a foreign word, to name my podcast so no one knows how to pronounce it no one knows how to spell it <laughs> no that's uh, what i was like I why do i say this <laughs> and, and, and no one knows what it means so um, you know we we live and learn um so i i think you've certainly beat me out on the name freedom on deck definitely makes a hell of a lot more sense and boy it's a lot more memorable too well i but-
1: I, I like your logo though so logos are a big deal
0: well, you know, that's uh, that's something I, I always like to play around with. And yeah, you know, it's it's just, it's the simple black flag. You know, the idea is it's the, the polar inverse of the white flag of surrender. So to me, that's always been a very uh, powerful image to capture sort of the way that I view the world. Surrender is not in my blood.
1: <laughs> so. Well, Hayward, I appreciate it, man. And if anything happens with this story or anything like it, you know where to come, and you know where we'll put you on. We'll put you on anytime.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Chet. You know, I, I'm always happy to talk about really just about just about anything because I think we've found this opportunity for a cross partisan dialogue that very few people seem to be interested in doing. And to me, that puts out very unique content, and we can find all of these stories that matter because there's just so much going on all the time. So, again, thank you for continuing to cover this.
1: It was a great bridge into it, man, and and I learned a lot from it myself. I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. Thank you. Of course, yeah. All right, Hayward, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Everybody, that was the one and only Hayward Gatch. If you're not familiar with the story, if you listen to the show, you probably are. But if you go back about a month on the on uh, our site, you can listen to the whole thing. You'll see Hayward's names there. Uh, there's the segment towards the very end. Actually, we do two of the segments, and then the follow-up podcast is me and Hayward hammering the story again. And I think that we'll probably talk about this coming up again soon. But for now, we're going to kind of just put it to bed for a little while. All the politics of the day and all that kind of reigns in. But um, let's try to have a learning moment from all this, folks, all the listeners out there. Remember that there are things that we can agree on, and there are reasons that we should have these types of discussions. And for the children in our lives and throughout our community, I think there's no better reason than that. Everybody, we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.